Hey, did you know there was another popular Nintendo series experiencing a big anniversary this year? Yeah, man. It's called, uh, what was it? Uh, Fire Emblem. No. It does start with an F, though, and it's the 30th anniversary. Yeah, you're talking about Fire Emblem. Uh, no. Here's a clue. There's a character from the game in the Smash Brothers. There's actually a couple. Uh, Roy, Marth, Ike. I mean, Fire Emblem. God damn it, it's not Fire Emblem. This week, we're talking about F-Zero. Wait, I thought you said popular. Shut up. Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. I'm your host, Dustin. Alongside me is Falcon Saf. Along with Show Me Your Moves, Keith. <laughs> Along with Give Me Something to Eat Pale. <laughs> I don't think that's one of his phrases. <laughs> I, I know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Give me something to eat. Forget! <laughs> So I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> Alright, today's episode, we are featuring some tomfoolery from Two Toms. It is an ugly looking purple color, but so is Falcon's color. <laughs> Falcon's car is a purple, the beer is purple, kind of. So that's what we're doing. And we're talking about Foolery Zero! <laughs> Sorry, F Zero. But before we get into that, what have you guys been drinking lately? Uh, I'm gonna break the format. And talk and make it. What have you been playing? Oh, playing because we've been talking about a video game this episode. Yeah, and I've been playing Ass Creed or Assassin's Creed. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing. Never heard of that game. <laughs> Ass Cream. <laughs> Ass Creed. Ass Creed. That's how I abbreviate it. Um, and uh, the first one is pretty repetitive. The you yep. do a lot of the same missions over and over, but I enjoyed like the open world and like. Climb into those towers and get in the lay of the land and all that. Uh, but now I'm on to Assassin's Creed 2, and I'm uh, still at the beginning. I just kind of became an assassin and got my garb and all that. And the best line in the whole video game franchise, I'm assuming, has just happened where he meets his uncle and he's like, It's a me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was my favorite it's so amazing uh but yeah i'm really enjoying the second one a lot more because it's so much more variety and the mechanics of like climbing buildings and jumping and Mm -hmm. doing all that is a lot smoother and the graphics have gone up a notch so yeah i'm very much enjoying assassin's creed 2 i haven't really been playing anything new per se it is kind of like a a boring period of my gaming life right now waiting for expansions to drop with the xbox one x billion series x one series series xxx (laughs) whatever the console is called xbox xxx yeah comes out november 10th Uh, i have one in wait uh, yeah november 10th and i have one waiting for me to drop uh, but if I were to pick a video game that I've been playing, it would be Among Us. Oh, the, the mobile app? The Well, there's a game for it on the computer, too. I figured. Uh, and playing that game with friends is so much fun. If you've played uh, Werewolves or Mafia, 
uh, before the game. It's just awesome. Uh, it has a, it's like a digital representation of it, and I can watch anybody just play it. I don't even have to play it myself. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the kids, for sure, they're all playing that one. It's it's great in the middle school world at the present moment among us. I had a couple of students, they'd draw me little different characters. She does a great job cutting them out, so I got them all over my desk, these little <laughs> Among Us, little spacemen guys. That's pretty cool. I've never played it, but I understand the premise of the game. Pale is uh, super me, sus. <laughs> yeah. For me, the game I've been playing recently was uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I went out and bought oh, nice. that um, since that was on a limited run. Well, they claimed, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be in stores or not. But I found it for 50 bucks, so I picked it up. Oh, nice. It's awesome playing Mario 64, just being that crisp and clean. But I know there's this huge protest going on with it because there's no option to invert the uh the, the camera. camera controls if we all remember yeah how lakitu lakitu however you want to pronounce them um that little shit in his camera <laughs> sucked donkey dick um in that game so it's only the inverted one and you can't go back to change it but they are putting out a release i think on november 10th or something like that nintendo finally listened to everybody they're going to do a software update that you can invert the cameras back to what you're used to when you played Nintendo 64. So it gives that option back. I haven't made it into Sunshine or Galaxy yet, but again, I've played all three of these games, but it's it's really interesting getting used to the Switch controls on it versus the Nintendo 64 or even the Wii, where I could use a GameCube controller. I can't use a GameCube controller for this, so I have to use the Switch control. Oh, wow. Um, so it's it's a unique experience trying to get used to that. But it's still fun going back and reliving that and seeing it in crystal clear HD up on the big screen. Mm-hmm. I debated really sharp. I debated buying it, but I was like, I already own, I own two copies of 64 because I have it on the DS and the original 64. So I was like, ah, I beat them already. So do I waste my money or do I buy a game that I don't already have? And so I haven't yeah. got it yet. I went with it because I had sunshine and I thought, and I don't know why I was so stupid, but my sister-in-law wanted to play the game. So I'm like, well, here, I'll just give you mine for Christmas and stupid me. I really missed that game and I wanted to play it again. So I needed a copy of sunshine. So that was my justification. Yeah, that makes sense. Money. Well, uh, my uh, gaming life is pretty boring <laughs> over here too. Clash. So I'll bring it back to a, what have you been drinking lately? <laughs> um, and I, Kind of slip in these new beers here and there. Also trying to manage my calories. Um, I had the Yeehaw Dunkel by Yeehaw Brewing Company. Uh, it's a Munich Dunkel lager from my trip uh, back in late July. Um, I gave it a four and a quarter and said another well-balanced beer with rich biscuity cocoa nuts because i think it was a one day of the week i had like two or three that i was like trying to get through uh for my trip um and i was pleasantly surprised how well this one like held up like carbonation wise from the trip because um it was still like you know everything was intact like the the uh, biscuity um, roasty nuts um, with the cocoa. Uh, So it was like very like full beer, which I was kind of expecting it to like fall off a little bit from the travel, but I still like enjoyed this one and I would uh, highly recommend 
picking up some of this if you're ever like in that area. Sounds good. Thanks for bringing it back to Beer Pail because we're talking about Two Toms, Tom, well, I guess it's just Foolery IPA on this week's episode. I'm just going to call it Tom Foolery. <laughs> yeah, it's the other Tom Foolery. It's a uh, New England IPA, 6.7 ABV, 70 international bitterness units. That's the Pell number. We've talked about it before. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, something to do with math <laughs> for the nerds yeah. out there. Tomfoolery is a fun, obnoxious beer playing a prank on your senses. We love the look of, uh, we love to look at beer in our four dimensions: aroma, taste, mouth feel, pale, and sight. Mm-hmm. All senses are important in beer, but can sight play tricks on your beer experience? Dark beer equals roasted malt flavor. Wrong, idiot. Wow. You're so dumb. Idiot. Oh, me. <laughs> Foolery may be dark in appearance, but a citra bomb in flavor. As a brewery, we like to have fun, but also have fun with the way we create beer. We do not always follow the style guidelines that often seem restricting. Rather, we opt for flavor-forward, full experience of all senses, sometimes being fun or silly along the way. Oh, you oh, guys silly. are so silly. There's some silly billies. Silly billies. <laughs> silly goose. <laughs> I remember I picked this one up. Um, this was several months ago. It was definitely during quarantine. It was one of his Tom series, um, hence the term Tom Foolery. It has a uh, jester hat, if we look at the can here. Yep. Um, has the jester hat. It's got the little bells that are uh, hanging from the jester hat. So it's got his typical green and cream and white color. I think all his two Tom series all have this same color, which is the basic colors of his normal label of two Toms. No, this would so be a, got a good Joker Marvel episode pattern. beer. It would be a good Joker episode. Yeah. It's got a little jesters, uh, not the hat. What's the little staff? If you look in the left hand side there, if you see that there, uh, yeah, I think it's just a jester staff. I think you nailed it. Jester staff, <laughs> a scepter, scepter. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, they always put something over on that side in that little area. Like the Selic has like sunglasses over there or something, and like uh, one of them has a guitar or something. So it's a pretty cool label. I got to save that one. Put that one on my board. Yeah, very mm-hmm. clean and. Not- uh, attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Unlike it's, the beer. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> this is beer. not attractive this at all. This is dirt. <laughs> yeah. This I thought it was... That I, scooped up outside. I thought it was purpley. I was expecting like a grape flavored... Yeah, it's kind of a swampy color. Yeah. Get out of my swamp. <laughs> Shrek episode. <laughs> Go for Joker. It's or... definitely gross to look it, at. It is like... Uh, yeah, it is dark muddy water he likes to play with colors like that blue hawaiian one he put that blue shit in there to make it look blue hey i still have a can of that I found in the back of my <laughs> oh <fridge>. lord <laughs> i need to pour that shit out i'm gonna pour it out because some people say when the blue goes away after a while so it'll probably look the same as this oh that'd be interesting a little science experiment i don't know if i want to drink it though but i will definitely pour it and look at it so the color on this one is not possible really on our list because it's like a 
weird gray, Murky black, brown. brown. And purple. It doesn't even fit on our, we have a special coloring scheme for, you know, sours and stuff. And it doesn't even fit in that either. This is shit. Oh, poop emoji. <laughs> I was going to go with uh, pale, sh- uh, or Keith's um, Shrek swamp. There we go. Swamp water. Swamp water. But it smells good. Oh, it smells delicious. Yeah, it definitely doesn't smell the way that it looks. I was kind of like expecting sludgy poop water. (laughs) (laughs) Like you you went running through the woods and you got like your clothes all soaked from river water and you threw that bag of river water clothes or your clothes in in a bag with the river water and stuff and it, you know, like drained out into the bottom of the bag and you smell the bag and it's like... A lot of description for what I thought this would smell like, but it doesn't. Oh, it's the St. Mary's River. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> took a scoop of St. Mary's. <laughs> Good old Fort Wayne Rivers. Let's all build Riverside property and stare at this murky, disgusting water. <laughs> but uh, definitely played a joke on me. I was not expecting this smell. It smells fantastic. Very, uh, yeah, the citrus forward smell. Close my eyes. You were Tom. I was, I was fooled. was made a fool of thanks tom i wonder if it'll taste like it smells or taste like it looks well while he's doing that i will describe a little bit of the smell it's very juice forward uh citrusy like you said like a citra bomb kind of like a a tropical fruit medley if you will on the nose things like that if you're curious it also tastes like those words you just used very citrusy and uh, fruit full Mm-hmm. Almost like a get a almost a cantaloupe, yeah, flavor in it. I was yeah, kind of thinking, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking essentially like that. Yeah, that's like, a really good person. Yeah, like a fruit cup that you get that has like tropical fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, this definitely has mango that you can taste. Would <laughs> <laughs> be like one of a million that actually can taste tropical fruits. Huh? Tom's knows mango. <laughs> Tom knows mango. That's <laughs> really smooth. Um, I mean, it's New England, so of course, kind of expected it to be smooth, and so it is. The color is really screwing with my mind, though. Uh-huh. Every time I pull it up to take a sip, I'm like, that's different than what I'm anticipating. Yeah. Why isn't this sour and tastes like grape? <laughs> Looking at Untapped, out of 391 check-ins, it has a 3.74 average. And looking at this guy's check-in from 16 hours ago, old Dan, <laughs> I cleaned the gutters earlier today. The dirty gutter water looked like this color. Not a bad beer, but other than the color gimmick, this wasn't a standout for me. He gave it a three and a half. But you're right, it does look like gutter water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you would expect it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's the wrong foolery. Wrong foolery. <laughs> this other Dan. He's so dumb. He goes, oh, I see. I should drink beer from a glass. I didn't get the look to taste reference. This is a smooth beer. Nice hops, a little sweet. But that that's the juiciness. Good stuff. So he drank it out of the can. He didn't even bother to look at it. <laughs> He's so stupid. He's so dumb. I guess it'd probably taste better drinking it straight out of the can because your mind's not overwhelmed with this weird contradiction. That's true. So you look at your mouth, I guess, maybe afterwards. I don't know if it leaves a dark, like, what? No. 
I like this one. Greg W said, "Wish it was a bit thicker." He still thinks it should have been like a a porter. <laughs> <laughs> it's dark. Why isn't it bitter? <laughs> a light ale? I don't think so. Can't. It's an IPA. It's not a light ale. These are all from Tavor or whatever you want to call it. I think that's down by. Is that you guys or is there somewhere in Bloomington? I think he goes to. I'm not sure where. I've heard of it, but I don't know where it is or where he is. I sent you a picture that I liked from, <laughs> from Untapped. I enjoyed the, the glassware. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> that is really dark. <laughs> <laughs> Got the King of Kong on there. Billy, Billy, whatever his name is, Billy Mitchell. I know. I think it's pretty good. And drinking it, I had this. This is, uh, I bought a four pack, like I said, several months ago. So it has been sitting a while. I think it, um, the citrus has really come out. I never checked it in originally, but I really think the citrus is really overpowering, um, which for me, in terms of IPA, is perfect. Um, I like that a lot more. Um, it's not as like overly hoppy or anything like that. And the whole color thing, I mean, it's a neat concept. It's really cool how you can experiment and use this. If I remember correctly, he used, um, it was like grape musk or something, like the grape rinds to really get the color. I was reading the description or from the brewery when I picked it up, the color. So it was really a, a mind fuck for sure. Right. Do you have the... You're thinking you're getting grape or something like that, but definitely not. You got the purple boogers on the bottom of your cup? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's snowing again. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. <laughs> yes. I can't tell. I can't tell. No. Little purple hot boogers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I swirled mine when I was pouring it, so maybe they didn't settle. Mm-hmm. I should be swirling it while I'm drinking it. I checked mine in, and I gave it a four zero zero out of five because I like the. I think it's a cool gimmick. It's inter- It like I like how it plays on the name of the beer and. Uh, I really enjoy the flavors, like the citrus flavors and whatnot. I think I've had better in the Tom series from him. I don't know if it's just the mind fuck of it all that is uh, making me, or maybe it's like the food coloring that gives it like a little bit of a weird flavor, but uh, I really enjoy the fruit flavors of this one. I give it a 4.25. I do like the flavor of it. It's uh, very... Very West Coasty, but also juicy. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, it's good, but it's not exceptional, right? Um, I mean, I feel like the fun part of this is the difference in colors. I, there's nothing that really stands out about this. It's just a good beer, tastes good, a solid New England. Yeah, for sure. I also gave it a. I think you said four point two five, right, Dustin? Yep. Yeah, I gave it the same. Um, I like I said I like the citrusy, the overly citrusy ones that um, really stand out, and the hops and whatever that grape musk, whatever he used to to do the color. You're right, Saf. There is there's got to be something in there, unless it really is just a mind thing. But it does taste slightly different. But for me, that's a good thing because it's not as hoppy and it's not like that traditional style IPA. It's a nice little juice bomb. I think it's good. And it could be the age also that makes it have like that a little offness to it. For sure. Uh, I went with a four out of five. I said a refreshing New England 
with a very deceiving color. Not very danky at all. And Saf, I think you nailed it with that uh, cantaloupe. Right. Like, no. Um, as I went along, I got like, I kept getting that cantaloupe. And I, I don't know if it's just like stuck in my head. <laughs> I shouldn't have said like, it. You shouldn't have said it. <laughs> uh, but also like the grape. Like, I started getting some grape. Like like the sweetness you get in grapes like coming through. Yeah. And uh, I liked it. Like, it's not is like danky and like new englandly like you know um so that's it was like a a different take on the new england and the color is like a lot of fun just doing this um so i mean i like it it's something different for sure awesome I would like to remind you that you can follow us on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DrinkinGeekOut. You can check out our website at www.DrinkinGeekOut.com for updates on our pod, our blog, and the colorful reference models and the GeekIBU references are there so you can actually know what the heck we're talking about. If you like the show, please like, comment, and subscribe uh, to the podcast and the uh, social media pages as well. Uh, feel free to reach out to us via email, drinkinggeekout at gmail.com with any comments, questions, and concerns uh, regarding the podcast. We also have a Patreon if you want to get on there. It's patreon.com slash drinkinggeekout. Uh, there's a few levels of you know support that you can do, especially giving show notes, uh, topics, and you know things like that, and a couple bonus episodes. Uh, you can also you know purchase T-shirts and all that jazz from us from our Threadless shop, which is drinkingeekout.threadless.com. We have masks, uh, anything like that. If any of our shirts or masks uh, that are centered around COVID uh, get purchased, we also are donating that to the No Kids Hunger Foundation. Back to the show. All right, so today's topic is a game that I've never played. <laughs> So looking forward to that one. Yeah. Uh, we are talking about the F-Zero series. There's a zero over there for a reason. <laughs> F-Zero is a series of futuristic racing video games originally created by Nintendo with multiple games developed by outside companies. The first game was released for the Super Famicom in Japan in 1990 and along with North America's Super Nintendo Entertainment System in 1991. Its success prompted Nintendo to create multiple sequels on subsequent gaming consoles. The series is known for its high-speed racing, characters and settings, difficult gameplay, and original music, as well as for pushing technological limits to be one of the fastest racing games ever. The original title inspired the creation of games such as Daytona USA and Wipeout series. I have played Daytona USA. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. Uh, the series has been dormant since release of F-Zero Climax in 2004 in Japan, although the elements of the series have been represented in other Nintendo video games, most notably the Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart franchises. Past installments have been emulated across multiple Nintendo consoles in the Virtual Console series. Service. Series. Service. <laughs> I, will I remember stay. playing this one on the Super Nintendo we did not own it, but I think the neighbors down the street did. So whenever we'd go over to the neighbor's house, we'd go play F-Zero. So I didn't know much about it. Hey, look at it. There it is. So you do own it, Saf. I do own it. 
and it's got a cool like comic book type thing on the back that I was reading. Oh, that is. Oh, nice. Uh, I will say that with the name F Zero Climax, after you climax, you're usually done for the count. So <laughs> they were done. Yeah, they've been done for they're like no 15 people. plus years. Right. Yeah. So you get to a climax of a story, you don't have more <laughs> story. It's just downhill from there. That's true. That's what I was talking about. You pervs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Once you climax, you roll over and go to sleep. <laughs> And that's what the game did. <laughs> yeah, I've got the first one and the GameCube one. Both of which I'm very bad at. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it just so fat. Like it, it is it, it touted as like being the fastest racing game. It is. I like I, I was playing the GameCube one before I came. That's kind of why I was late, because I was trying to remember what the game was so I'd have something to talk mm-hmm. about. And it just moves so fast, and like the quality of the GameCube, I was playing it on the Wii, but uh, it just wasn't there quite yet. To the graphics weren't, so it kind of like stutters, and it 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 just graphically it kind of hurt my eyes, <laughs> and I I just <laughs> I I kept coming in like twenty eighth place out of thirty. <laughs> twenty eight out of twenty. Beat two bots. It was definitely fast. That's all I remember with it. And I didn't stick with it very long for the original one. It just, it doesn't have the fun of Mario Kart where you can like, it's a little bit simpler. You can use weapons. You can interact more. It's just race as fast as you can and don't die. (laughs) Like don't fall off the track. Right. Exactly. And isn't there, there's like a damage meter and like every time you hit the side, your damage will go. Yeah. And, And that damage meter also is your boost. So you could, you could use the whole thing just to make your car go faster. Mm -hmm. Like with one of the trigger buttons and it'll speed you up. But if you, if you use out your whole meter, you blow up or if you run to a side, you blow up. And then there's like a little area on the track where it'll refill that. So you have to kind of strategize to have enough life Use your boost enough to get back and you refill it on this and don't hit any walls because that'll kill you even faster. Right, right. So definitely strategy. It's more like real racing. You kind of think about your fuel intake with your boost and everything, and then you get a chance to come in for a pit stop to kind of fill it up. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The, the appeal really wasn't there. It's like for hardcore, I think, like um, gamers and the, the racing games, like at the arcades, um, like the Daytona USA's and, you know, more along those lines, but definitely not the fun right. of Mario Kart, which is probably why the appeal really never stuck. But there's <laughs> enough characters. Like they put so much background for Captain Falcon and everything. It's like, you would think that they could turn it into like a whole series, like what they did with Star Fox and kind of yeah. like change it up. Have him like do missions outside of the car and like you could do things exactly. to like, increase your speed and then go race or something. Right. Like if they can make fast and the furious last for <laughs> this many movies about racing, like, come on, we could do something. They with could this have franchise. done something a little better. With yeah. So uh, the 30th anniversary is November 21st, which is like this week from when this is releasing. And I figured it, what better time to talk about F zero. I know Nintendo's not going to do anything because they haven't for almost, 20 years so let's cover it 
we'll talk about the games in a little bit. And um, there's also an anime series in Japan called F-Zero that features like Falcon and some characters. So maybe our friends at Anime by Volume will cover that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check that out. I think one season was dubbed into English. Probably not with the Super Smash Brothers actor would be my guess. Show me your moves. It, it was on Show me your moves. Fox Kids or whatever back in the day. Uh, oh, yes. Okay. All right. That's ringing a bell a little bit. Mm. All right. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And I think two or three that were just released in Japan or like expansion packs that were just released in Japan. But the first game in the series, as Keith mentioned, was on the Super NES uh, and was also the first game for the platform to use the technique that Nintendo called Mode 7 Scrolling. When Mode 7 was combined with scaling and positioning of the layer on scan line by scan line basis, it could stimulate 3D environments. Such techniques in games were considered to be revolutionary in a time when most console games were restricted to static flat backgrounds and 2D dimensional objects. 2D dimensional. You idiot. It's two dimensional <laughs> or 2D. The result was developer Nintendo EAD creating a game that IGN reviewer Craig Harris called the fastest and smoothest pseudo 3D console racer of its time. I do remember that um, that it was revolutionary, that it really pushed the limits of the SNES to really create this this 3D imaging. I don't know where I read or saw that, if that was that Netflix documentary. I, I saw it somewhere in how it was it really pushed the limits of the Super Nintendo um, to really give this effect of 3D. But you're right, it's that weird. It goes fast, and it's like, if you can't keep up, then, yeah, <laughs> then the game is just kind of bleh. It's uh, it's very beautiful. The colors and everything, like the graphics are amazing. It's just a very hard racing game, mm-hmm. which uh, I think when people want a hard racing game, they want it to be more realistic, maybe have like Need for Speed or something where, or Gran Turismo, where the cars actually look realistic and not futuristically weird. Move on to the next game. Sure. Zero Racers, or G-Zero, was a canceled game for the Virtual Boy. This game was previewed by Nintendo Power. Gameplay differs in one important point from its predecessor in all F-Zero games released afterwards. In Zero Racers, unlike other F-Zero games, the vehicles race in all three spatial dimensions in tunnels. Oh, so this one, I remember the images where, I mean... It- I Virtual Boy was canceled because the Virtual Boy failed, <laughs> so the game never came out. But uh, you, you could move the car like you were just racing down tubes, and oh. so you could go like all the way around, and you wouldn't fall off any edges. It may have opened yeah. up some sections, but so you could go around and around and be above people and just in like a tunnel. 
which is a unique experience. So they tried to change up the gameplay a little bit and bring in another element. And I'm sure if it wasn't the virtual boy, it might've been <laughs> successful. If nobody wanted their eyes to rot out by looking at a red and black screen. <laughs> I, the only thing I remember about the virtual boy is going to Toys R Us and they had one set up and it was like Mario Tennis was inside of it as the only demo game that they had at Toys R Us. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful. Hurts. <laughs> I'm like it's hard to use it's hard to play i'm like this is horrible i mean it was kind of neat to see but i'm like yeah and then i got over it real quick because i'm like the gameplay sucked yeah it was ahead of its time but it was not you had to like look you couldn't move so it's not really virtual because you had to sit it on a table and then just have your head there <laughs> it's like, yeah so your back and neck give out after a while because you know eye level and then it's just red, like a bright red on a black background, no other colors. Yeah, kind of reminds me of the sensor in the um, the X Wing fighter when they had to go down the tunnel, the mm, trenches, yes. and yeah. shoot yes, into yeah. the, the 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 little two inch diameter or whatever, <laughs> or a two meter or whatever. Kind of, so I'm looking at pictures of it right now, and it looks horrendous. Yeah, like the the graphics of this game would allow for the virtual boy to be cheap <laughs> based on yes. the images that I'm seeing. Stay on target. <laughs> Next. After a seven-year hiatus outside of Japan, the series made the transition to 3D with the third installment, F-Zero X, <laughs> on the Nintendo 64. The game introduced 26 new vehicles, while also including the four from the original F-Zero game. In addition to Grand Prix mode, the game introduces a death race mode and a random track generator named, or called the X-Cup. In the death race, the player's objective to, is to annihilate the 29 other racers as speedily as possible, while the X-Cup generates a different set of tracks each time played. The hardware limitations of the N64 resulted in the game running at 60 frame rates with uh, 30 machines on screen at the same time, but with a little processing power left for graphic detail and music. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it would be much better ported to a PC. Yeah. yeah. They always went extreme with these games and maxed out the capabilities of whatever system they were on. Yeah. What's the point of having 30 racers if you can't make it work? <laughs> right. Yeah. It lags. Right. But it looks good. I did play this one, but I do remember seeing it like when I'd go and rent games. I'm like, hey, look, F-Zero. Yeah, that first one was hard. Yeah, <laughs> just like, exactly. No, I'm not going to try it. Moving on. Speaking I'll move of, on to the next game. <laughs> speaking of moving on. F <laughs> you said moving on. So just never uh, mind. Go ahead. F-Zero, maximum velocity is the series' fourth released installment, but the first incarnation of the franchise of Nintendo's Game Boy handheld. It was the first title developed by first-party subsidiary ND Cube. This Game Boy Advance launch title returned to the SNES F-Zero's gameplay with a Mode 7-styled game engine. I figured they'd have to move to that style because the Game Boy Advance is basically just a souped up Super Nintendo. Exactly. Uh, I didn't play this. I actually didn't realize that they had it on handheld systems until I read this. 
F-Zero GX, released on the GameCube and developed by Sega Amusement Vision Team, and is the first F-Zero game to feature a story mode. The game was initially titled F-Zero GC, the arcade counterpart. (laughs) That is right. The arcade counterpart of GX was called F-Zero AX, which... Uh, was released alongside of its Nintendo GameCube counterpart in mid-2003. The game had three types of arcade cabinets, Standard, the Monster Ride, and the Deluxe, (laughs) which resembled the F-Zero vehicle. That sounds cool. F-Zero AX had six original courses, ten original characters. However, by certain difficult means, the six courses and ten characters could be unlocked in F-Zero GX. So I do have this game. I never, I don't know where to find an arcade cabinet of this game, but if yeah. you took your GameCube memory card with a saved copy of GX on it to the arcade and slipped it in there, you could unlock the other courses and characters for your GameCube version when you took it back home. That's cool. It's a very cool That's idea, but it doesn't work in America where there aren't really arcades anymore (laughs) right exactly because i know there's a ton of that stuff in japan they did with pokemon and everything else like you could bring in your um characters and other things yeah um yeah your game cards and things like that but it never really took off here because they'd only do it like in new york or someplace like that here in tiny little fort wayne indiana (laughs) there's no place for us to go besides the local blockbuster to (laughs) check something out you can go to Tilt in Glenbrook Mall and yes, <laughs> Tilt. <laughs> I didn't do get tilted, bud. Uh, but uh, what took me so long to get here is a funnier story than any of these games because my Wii was hooked up. So I was like, "Oh, let me just play this game real quick." So I put it in. I had it on a shelf. I got it real easy. But then it said you need the memory card or some shit. So I had to go find the memory card for the, my GameCube. And uh, so I found one, put that in, and it said, oh, this memory card's full. <laughs> you need 13 blocks or something. It's like, ah, crap. So I found two more, and those were both full. So I had to go through those and delete some stuff. And then I got that to work. And then my Wii remote was dead. So I had to go find batteries <laughs> to get all I needed to do with the Wii remote was to turn on the goddamn thing. Cause then I switched over to the GameCube remote and use that to play the game. And then I couldn't get the GameCube remote to work because I was using the wave bird. And uh, oh. it's cause I had it plugged into the four spot instead of the one spot. And I was spent me 10 yep. minutes trying to figure out which hole it was supposed to go into. Cause on the Wii <laughs> it's on the side and you th- don't know you would think it goes left to right but no it goes right to left (laughs) Uh. um and then i finally got the game to play i played about 10 minutes and i was horrible at it but at least i had remembered that i was bad at the game (laughs) the next one we have f-zero gp Legend is the second handheld game release for the Game Boy Advance and the second installment featuring a story mode. However, this one is based on the anime series of the same name, introducing a new character named Ryu Suzaku or Rick Wheeler. I'm assuming his American name. Yep. Unlike the games before it, GP Legend 
takes place in an alternate con continuity set in the 22nd century instead of following the original continuity set in the 26th century. So they went back in time. Back in time. The Yeah, I never got into the whole Game Boy Advance games. Um, that was just the era of Game Boy that I left out of my life. Um, so I'm not sure... Like you said, Seth, this previous one, I know this was a follow-up. Was this one released here in America, or is this a Japan only? I think all of these were released. There was like three or more that I deleted because I was like, we don't need to talk about the ones that weren't even available in America. Okay. But there, there are, there, there's uh, just a mention, there's like a, for the N64 game, they did an expansion pack, and I think they also mm -hmm. did for Super Nintendo uh, that were just in Japan. And then uh, I think there might be a Game Boy or something game that was in Japan only. Gotcha. F-Zero Climax was released in Japan for the Game Boy Advance on October 21st, 2004. Like its handheld predecessor, F-Zero GP Legend, Climax was published by Nintendo and developed by both them and Suzak. This is the first F-Zero game to have a built-in track editor without the need for an expansion or add-on. Custom tracks can be saved to one of 30 slots for future use, and they can be exchanged with other players via link cable. If memory becomes full or link cable connection cannot be done, the game can generate a password for the track. When it is input on any Climax cartridge, the password will generate the track. Oh, nice. That's a pretty cool feature. Yeah. It's like a little like cheat code. <laughs> yeah, the the password has just encrypted data for the track. Interesting, because those link cables yeah. are like forty bucks just for the damn cord. Yeah. Oh my! That you could use with a hand game. Yeah, you never justify enough reason to buy one of them. <laughs> I got a bunch of junk here about the plot. I don't know how long we are, but do we want to have another beer before we? <laughs> yeah, that? might as well. I don't even really care about the plot, but we can definitely drink another beer. Yeah, we can skip that. Yeah, it's worse for me. Hey guys, welcome back. We decided that we're going to drink beer instead of talk about this <laughs> fuck zero. <laughs> so we'll start here with... Uh, we have these light beers. That these aren't light beers, but they are kind of light beers. F zero calorie beers, <laughs> but they but they still have some calories, like ninety calories or whatever. So this is good for those of us who still want to drink beer, but also cut the calories <laughs> and talk about it. And talk about it. Uh, we got Bell's Light Hearted Ale. It's a play on their Two Hearted Ale. It comes in at three point seven ABV, so you're not going to get too drunk at all. There's thirty six <laughs> IBUs, which is Krypton, that's the atomic number on the periodic table. Lighthearted is aromatic, balanced, and incredibly easy drinking. The low-cal IPA has only 110 calories, yet all the heart. And not half of the ABV. I made that last part up. <laughs> Centennial and Galaxy hops result in citrus and pine aromas, while a variety of special malt help give lighthearted its body and flavor. Um, I like this can. It, mm -hmm. It's like an old school camping. Yeah, 
I was trying to think of there's like a hotel or something that has that kind of that striping, but I can't think of it. But yeah, it's very nine eighties maybe. Yeah, it reminds me of the that baseball bad news bears. Movie. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys yeah, definitely eighty style. Yeah, I've seen that one in the store before. It's definitely got that eighty style look to it. Almost got like a Stranger Things vibe, just with these like pine trees and stuff yeah. down here. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty uh, nice, simplified can. Kind of reminds me of a jacket, like a, like a tan jacket <laughs> yeah. that has like orange stripes on the side. Like almost members only. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, I did pick this up. I've been kind of uh, enjoying trying these lighter locale beers um, just for, you know, a sake that for what we do, we drink a lot of beer and there's a lot of calories. And so having these things come out, it's always been interesting. So like, obviously want to try them all. Yeah. With craft beer, you get a, they're heavier, a lot of, they usually have more alcohol and a lot of more calories. So it's nice to have something that you can get the feeling of a beer, but not have all that other added stuff. Yeah. The just, guilt. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not guilty. It is very piney if you smell it. Uh, oh, definitely. definitely that, uh, that pine trees on this can make a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just based on the smell. Just based on the smell. I mean, I can't really smell anything else. No, it's got that, yeah, that kind of IPA mm-hmm. uh, pine tree, pine cone smell. Before we get too mm-hmm. far out of order, the color of the beer is like a golden, um, see-through, kind of foxy. It's a F-Zero's fist. There you go. Falcon <laughs> fist. Just based on this guy that I have here, which is, it's basically Star Fox. It's basically, yeah, basically our Star Fox number six, but we can substitute Captain Falcon's fist. He's yeah. gonna fist you. <laughs> Show me your fist. <laughs> Falcon fist. Bend over so I can show you my Falcon fist. <laughs> uh, you take a sip. I'm gonna talk about Untapped real quick while you do that, so you can get your thoughts in order. Okay. There are two thousand or no twenty three thousand and twenty two ratings which is a 3.56 average on untapped. Very crisp, very clean. And it also has that kind of lightness to it. Yeah. But it, I do get what you're like. It's almost got a citrusy crisp, like a, uh, I don't know, like a, like a squirt of citrus. in Right. It. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit of a bitter bite at the end. There's a, it's just something you can tell that it's lighter. It's not full body. Like mm-hmm. You would anticipate. Uh, kind of tastes watered down. Yeah, which I expected, and yeah. I'm not upset about it because, based on like the description and the the name of it, I was anticipating it, and I think it fits well. There is a little bit of that pininess to it that that gives it that kind of off flavor. That's mm-hmm. like the thing I don't like about the some of the classic IPAs that were just like bark flavored, but. Mm-hmm. It's light enough because it's a little, in this light beer that it's right. it, it kind of works. The problem that I have with it is that I already don't like Two Hearted. <laughs> so I was 
in the store and I went to pick the, uh, something up. You know, I didn't go with an anticipation. I just went in and picked something up. Passed on this initially because I already don't like Too Hearted. And told my wife mm-hmm. that. And then when I did end up buying it later, she's like, I thought you didn't like it. I'm like, well, I, I don't like its father, but yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll as well <laughs> give it a, give it a good old honest, you know, shot. It's not better, but it's not bad. It, uh, I had five friends check it in though. So just jump right into that one. Uh, there's 23,000 check-ins. Wow. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Gave it a 3.56 average for this. Uh, of those five friends, I have my friend Susan. Not sure how we're friends, but we're friends. Hey, Susan. Or oh, hey, Susan. Magic for Susan. Right. She gave it. Uh, <laughs> this app is very slow in response. All right. She gave it a three and a half. She said a perfect evening for beer or two on the porch. Uh, she checked this in in August. I can see this is more of like a, a a summertime drinking, light drinking, evening beer, after emo beer maybe. D- yeah, it'd be good for that because you're like all sweaty and dehydrated. It's not going to like put you on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Jack from Lake Awasa, I don't know where that is. He gave it a 3.4 because he's a supporter, so he's able to. Lake Day, boating, fishing, grilling, drinking. James R., he got it at Kroger. He gave it 375 And he checked it in like 19 times, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> he loves it. He said it's going in his fridge at all times. I just scrolled past all of his. And I got to Aunt Blair, who is, well, he used to be Mohead, y'all, if you recognize that. Says, easy drinking, uh, enough two-hearted flavor for a lighter version. The price point can be lower, though. And he didn't give it a score. I have Doug Egger. Uh, definitely not on the level of the original. Almost had a soapy aftertaste. Not likely to drink again. Gave it a two. And then Dustin mm-hmm. Wood, our friends from the Barrel Chat. Mm-hmm. 3.25. I think what would be interesting, it's something we don't really do on the show, is but to do a two-hearted and light-hearted side-by-side oh, yeah. uh, comparison type deal. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, would be interested to see if I end up liking Too Hearted. <laughs> you may not like either, but it'd be fun yeah. to get your thoughts on both of them. I will say that after having a couple of these light ones, um, that I I just think that they try to do the hops a little bit too much, mm-hmm. and they overly hop it, so you still get the beer flavor, but it's too strong a hops and I'm not a huge IPA guy. So for me, that's kind of a big turnoff because I had a couple of the other ones. I know um, we had mentioned this one on the show before that Dustin had picked it up and I have not had the one you guys are drinking, but I don't know. It just, it's like overly hoppy and it's almost like heartburny type thing for me. It's like, it, uh, I was never a fan of these styles, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to try that one because I've had too hard before. And and I was not a fan of Too Hearted. <laughs> you probably won't <laughs> like this one either. I want to try that one and see if it's a lighter version. Too Hearted Light. I mean, it is, but still doesn't like... It still has that still flavor. The, flavor. the yeah. Too Hearted flavor. Um, so I checked mine in at a three and a half because I like the concept uh, that it it does have 
I mean, if you're a fan of Two Hearted, this is a great alternative to have a light beer version of them. But for me, I don't like that piney uh, hop flavor, and that is really forward in this beer. Just mm-hmm. maybe toned down slightly from the Two Hearted, but overall, I like the idea, and I wish more local breweries had that type of thing on their menu a light version of i don't know whatever beers are available around here Uh, i gave it a three and a quarter i think the piney aftertaste saved it for a little bit i do like me some west coast ipas uh, and i do like the fact that it's low calorie uh, so it's definitely like on the list of list of things to buy again like the fly jack that you guys are about to have. Uh, the dogfish head has one that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. You know things like that. Uh, it's worth trying, worth checking out. And hell, if you are of the mindset to have beer on hand, but you don't want to have Miller Lights or Bud Lights on hand, right? Uh, but you also don't want to have, you know, super caloric intense beers on hand this is a good alternative um, yeah or these i don't know about this one but these mm-hmm. are this type of thing yeah. <laughs> the style in general right yeah the style, for sure the style yeah. in general and not to knock anybody who enjoys too hearted no, you know if just you not, just not you so. yeah it, i mean you have to be in a very specific category for this but if you enjoy too hearted but you're also trying to go with the low cal- you know, calorie thing Absolutely, sure. go get this. Yeah, like you show up at a party and you want to drink, and you know all your friends are still drinking all that other bullshit, and you show up with a case of this. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna pop these puppies down real quick. This is I don't be... know how these would be wrong, but <laughs> it'd be a pretty good segue. It wouldn't get you drunk. That's true. You play a lot of beer pong. Play a lot of beer pong with this. Cool. Well, on the flip side, uh, the beer that we have. In the Fort Wayne side, we have the Firestone Walker Brewing Company Flyjack, which is an IPA, a session IPA, or India Session Ale, I guess as they're calling it. Mm-hmm. This one comes in at slightly more powerful than yours at 4% ABV okay. and 25 <laughs> IBUs, which is Pikachu's number on the Pokedex. I choose, Pokemon. You. I choose you. Number 25. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you want from a hazy IPA with nothing to weigh you down. This is Flyjack, Firestone Walker's new 96-calorie beer. Maximum flavor, minimal calories, no compromises. Sorry, I read that commercial-like. Good job. Um, But that's how they wrote it. So we'll be the debater on that about maximum flavor. (laughs) Can't really debate the calories, but yeah. I will say... I may have to compromise. This is one of my favorite ones of the lighter... Yeah, of the lighter ones, absolutely. I don't think I checked it in because I don't think I checked in light beers, but I did enjoy this one. All right. Well, looking at this can, it is a dark blue with like a light blue around the top. This says citrus, hazy, crisp, um, and the word flyjack written in yellow. And it's got like this label that goes down with the F or sorry, the Y. So it's all has to do with the Y and it stretches around the entire can. It's got like a little NFL NFL type shield, like in the middle there. It's got some type of weird yeah. looking shield, and it says ninety six calorie. So it's a pretty basic can, but it's mm-hmm. decent color here. If you guys want to see it, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. 
so not too much standing out there. What do you think on the uh, the color, Pale? Um, color wise, it's pretty peachy. So it's a little bit darker in here, so it's kind of hard to get like the true um, color of this, but. Uh, it's definitely light. Light. There's a little bit of dark yellow, orange in the middle of it that kind of sets in. It'd be cool just to say Pichu Pale, but I I think it's lighter than that. I think it's Dustin's favorite. I'm thinking number three. The um, Harry Snitch. Harry Snitch. Ooh. You want to go there? Okay. <laughs> from yeah, our, I think it's from, a, not quite Pichu. I was going to say, from our angle, from our angle, it looks like a Pichu Pale. Yeah. Yeah. But I could because my window's open. That's why it's so bright. Yeah. Over here on this yeah. side. And I know it really drowns that out, but it definitely is a little bit darker uh, that you can get just a smidge. I would compromise and we can go Kirk in the middle because it all depends exactly where you're looking at it. But when I hold it up there, it definitely has some more orange tones to it. But we'll compromise. We'll go. Uh, you want to do Kirk? Just kind Kirk. of in the middle there. <laughs> Kirk's too. Ah, Dustin, you lose again. I do. Nobody ever wants to do the, <laughs> the Harry Snitch. <laughs> All right. So on the smell, pale. What are we getting? Yeah, put your phone down. We're, we're it's our turn. It's our turn. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> it's definitely a lighter, citrusy IPA style. So it smells like all these other light ones that I've had. Yeah, very. But it's not strong at all, even with the little swirls. Very citrusy, danky. Uh, a little bit of fruit. Um, it's very much like a New England. But it's so light. I mean, that smell is not, it's not standing out at all. But you're right. What is there is very light and citrusy. Right. All right. Let's taste it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The beer cup. Yeah. It's uh, like, uh, where was the beer? It's great hop water. Um, that's 4%. No. I've had lighter beers than this i don't believe that four percent but that's what on tap says it gets very dry on the at the end mm -hmm. so again debatable on that tagline maximum flavor <laughs> maybe that's all they could get out of it but um it's uh that is weak like i want more of the sweetness of that citrus to really pop but it's not popping and all you end up with is just the bitterness on the back end I don't know about you, Pale, but it's just that bitterness is just like coming through. Yeah, I agree. Um, like drinking it on the front, it's like, okay, where's the beer? And then at the end, it's like dry and bitter. And I'm like, okay, this was kind of a letdown because I'm smelling a lot of good stuff, but maybe just because of like the calories, they just, it's just like the punch is not there. Right. You know? Yeah, it's almost a little too watered down. And for being 96 calories and 4%, I mean, I hate to say it, but I think I get more flavor out of like a Bud Light or something else. At least there's a little bit more distinctive flavor with those. Like but a Miller Chill might be like yeah. a little bit better. <laughs> At least that artificial lime would come through a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, I don't hate it. Because I'm like I said, when I've had these, when you guys were talking on your segment of beer, um, the hoppiness is just a little bit too much. But the hoppiness is very light in this one, which is good. But then when you take that away, there's nothing left <laughs> for it. I don't know how old this is and when you got this one pale, but is it considered the the, the on untapped? It's called a hazy. Is it at all hazy? 
It looks very clear from my perspective. No, it is does not look hazy at all. But I have had um, like these what these so called um, hazy IPA styles, and they look the same, and they're not really hazy at all. I think it's meant to be lighter and citrusy, but it's way too light and citrusy. So no, I really wouldn't call it a hazy. Like I mean, I'm, it's clear, but you can it's a little hazy, but not what you're thinking. It has all the hazy smell that you like that you hope for, but. Um, when, it, when you actually get to tasting it, it just, you know, it kind of lets you down and it's, uh, and I get it. I mean, I think the beer is, you know, you know, meant for maybe like just a nice summer day. You're looking for something, um, pretty like refreshing, something like low calorie, uh, but still gives you like a little bit of that like hazy sense. But, you know, for us, we're, we're looking for a little bit more than just, just that so um i don't know uh not not my favorite i've ever had yeah well i had a friend wise who's had this you've already checked this one in pale so i won't say yours and then we have james r he gave it a three and a half he found his at kroger and overall there are twenty one thousand check-ins for this coming in at 3.45 i don't know if there's anything notable here that other folks are saying Seems pretty consistent in the threes. I like this one. Crisp and refreshing. Halloween barbecue. Hit the spot while grilling. That's a good starter beer. Gets you started, I guess. I definitely think a lot warmer temperature. I don't really want this in the winter. but I mean, to be out on a nice hot day. Yeah, I could easily reach for this. Carl G says, that beats the OB session. Uh, maybe he means a <laughs> OG, I don't know what OB stands for. Uh, citrus mm-hmm. without soap. That's what we all want, right? And he gave it a four. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he does. <laughs> Brian just says, boo. <laughs> spooky. Gave it a four. So I think it was spooky to him. Because <laughs> he gave it a four. I was expecting a one with a rating of boo. Yeah. I know, it's interesting. Uh, Dustin, you said you've had this one and you liked it. What's, what's your take? Uh, my take would be... If we just eliminate all of the IPAs in general and just think about these locale IPAs, um, I really thought that the the flavor of the citrus came through better because uh, a lot of these other ones were very just stupidly hoppy. Yeah. I don't remember specifically because I've had a few since. Uh, that one's not like overly hoppy, right? No, or, not at all. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was a huge selling point. Like you had the citrusy flavor without the overbearing hop flavor. And so when we were all, you know, start drinking IPAs in the world, you know, back when we were young pups, like <laughs> that was a really big selling point was, oh, I could just taste the hop. And so with this one, it was crisp. It was clean. Um, it, you know, no caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I mean... Yeah, it, it had the the flavor, the the I guess the faux flavor if you really want to talk about it, but it, it just didn't drown you out with the flavor of the hops is really the takeaway between them. When I say it's my favorite one of these light beers, I'm not saying that I'm going to go out and buy another case of these, but right, if I had to, the Flyjack would be the one that I would go grab. You got to put it in its own separate category, right. not comparing it to what we're used to drinking, and say, okay, if I want to drink. 
beer, but I don't want all of the side effects of the beer. And right. I just want a little bit yeah. of that flavor. Right. Is this good at that? Right. So you set a, sure. a six pack of Miller Lite in front of me and a six pack of Flyjack in front of me. Same cost. I don't know if they are, but same cost. You know, which one are you going to take? Probably going to be the IPA one. Probably For nine sure. times out of ten. You can put whatever IPA uh, locale in front of me versus, you know, the best of the best light beer probably would take the the IPA yeah. one, 100%. Yeah. And checking this one in, I'm going to go ahead and check in, pal. I'm going to give it a 3.25. I mean, it's good, just as what we were just obviously saying. Definitely on the lighter side, but it's just way too watered down for me. I expect a little bit more of the citrusy punch to come through but i know the more citrus you want then you have more calories and then it defeats the purpose of it being a lighter beer but all in all it sets out to do what it wants to um it is lighter and it's not on the hoppy side which is good yeah and i went a three and a half out of five um yeah it's basically exactly what it you know wanted to be um i think you know, like Dustin was saying, if you put like a Miller Lite in a in this, like which one are you gonna choose? I'll probably still go with the Firestone, just because I am getting like a little bit more of the citrusy, uh, hoppy notes. Um, and uh, but it's not something I'm gonna like look like seek after. There's a probably a long list of citrusy like hazy IPAs that I would choose over this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, just not, not my style right now. Right. I mean, the only reason why I did seek this one out or the one you have out is because I was looking for the lighter options. Right. I saw a right. light right. option. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause you had light point on, uh, when we, like a couple months ago, the, the Grand Rapids, uh, New Holland, you had the light point on. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Yep. Oh, they're making, that's on the Mario Quizzes episode, episode number 179. Go back and check that out. Yeah. So you you brought that on. You talked about it. When we went to Grand Rapids, me and Allison tried it. And I was like, oh, this is decent. I'm curious, you know, how many more are there? And so then I went, I was at the grocery store. I kind of perused the, 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 the aisle anyways. And I was like, oh, hey, look, there's more of these IPAs. And then I just kept going back and just kept looking to see if there was a, there was new ones out and, other places are doing it. I mean, that's the only reason. Plus, I, I like drinking beer, but I also don't like drinking calories. That's one of yeah. my biggest things is like, don't drink calories. And during the pandemic, right. I drank a lot of calories. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. What else are you going to do? Fill up on beer and Play veg out. Right. So if we compare these two beers, uh, based on our scores, they are perfectly equal. So check either one of oh. them out, listener. <laughs> yeah. It just depends. Like, are you a big Firehouse or a Firestone fan? If you're a big Firestone fan, do your Firestone. Enjoy the Firestone. Yeah. If you like the two-hearted, go with the light-hearted. Uh, Keith, you, you want to wrap us up with a little bit of this plot of this game? Yeah, because um, we all know it's a racing game, but I guess they throw in some type of plot to this series. It says F-Zero begins in the year 2560, where the human race's countless encounters with alien life forms throughout the universe greatly expanded Earth's social framework, resulting in trade, technology transfer, and cultural interchange are carried out on an interplanetary basis. An association of wealthy space merchants created the F-Zero Grand Prix, 
in an attempt to add some excitement to their opulent lifestyles. When the first race was held, people were angered at the brutality of the competition due to the various obstacles and traps along the raceway. As time passed, however, they became accustomed to these dangers and even began to demand more excitement and danger in the races. Winning the F-Zero championship soon became the highest claim to fame in the universe, and this period of time is known as the old-school F-Zero days, where the rules seemed non-existent in F-Zero X. And then I guess every year in every video game iteration afterwards that it starts after these series of races and they add more rules and more excitement. So this is kind of like the original race for more it happened. And to spare you all the boring details, we won't go into what each one is different. <laughs> so it's like a yearly thing and the community hates it, but it still happens. So Hunger yeah, Games. But they finally <laughs> grew accustomed to it. Wanted so, more bloodshed. So, so hunger, so hunger games, basically. Yeah. Cool. 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 It kind of aligns with the series itself where it's a yearly video game release and people hate it. (laughs) 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 Only thing people know about F zero is that captain Falcon is one of the guys. And we don't have anything on his background, do we? He's not even the the main character. It's that Rex Wheeler guy that you talked about. (laughs) Rick, Rick, Rick Wheeler is the main character of F-Zero. Is a lie. <laughs> uh, I mean, Captain Falcon is one of the original four characters, but Rick Wheeler took over the franchise after the Nintendo 64 game, and like he's like the through line. I think he's the star of the anime. <laughs> Jeez. But, no wonder. They can't even get their own stories right, so... Yeah, stick with the guy that's like on the cover of all the boxes and don't add this new character and make people like him. Yeah. Turn Captain Falcon into like the main character then. I don't know, that's weird. Did you guys want to talk about the anime? I can you read can, through that real quick. You can uh, cover that later. Okay. <laughs> all right, add, <laughs> add it to the list. Got to yeah. Is it streaming anywhere? I'm sure you can find like Off. one episode on YouTube that you could watch and talk about. <laughs> that might be enough <laughs> right beers are good if you have not checked out two toms go and you're in the fort wayne area indianapolis area go to two toms i literally was having a conversation with a friend friday night and he's in auburn he said two toms is his favorite brewery so it's awesome things are happening do it go do it yep. yeah he's expanding here soon they're Bought one the building next to him. a fairly new brewery that kind of like knocked it out of the park instantly with great beers and they became like one of the big Indiana breweries that are talked about among craft beer drinkers. Hopefully they'll one day become like Sun King or three Floyd's level where it's like in the conversation every time people talk about craft beer in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wanted to get to the four fifty level of excitement. It's definitely better. Well, no. I mean, like you had, you had podcasts and other craft beer company or uh, craft beer communities in Texas or California talking about four fifty. So yeah, get two times on the map as big as four fifty, but they were already better than four fifty. Mm-hmm. So let's get them much much sure. higher. Uh, and then for terms of F zero. I've never played it, so I can't say go play it. But if you like racing games and you like nostalgia, the Nintendo version of the F-Zero might be uh, up your alley. If you have a Switch, I think it's on the whatever their SNES collection yes. is on there. The console collection, yeah, that's on there. 
So just play that one. You'll be satisfied. Hopefully, uh, Dustin and I will talk about F Zero music on a future D Go ST. D Ghost. Cool. So I guess that wraps it up. Until next time, drink up and drink geek, up out. And geek out. Too bad you lost your machine. <laughs>